Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Amen. Amen. You keep playing just for just for a moment. I sensed uh, something in the room. And uh, I guess you can call this kind of a preacher station break, if you will. Um, there's, there's a breaking that's going on um, in here. And I think when Brandon came up, he felt it as well. And um, I just want to be obedient to what we sense the Lord is, is saying this morning. Amen. If we come in here and do our thing, it's not worth coming, right? So I heard... Um, First Colossians, not First Colossians, Colossians chapter one, um, and in in verse number uh, four and five, the scripture says, "For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope." Everybody say confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. Everybody say heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. Everybody say expectation. The thing that I sense this morning is this, is I'm trusting that I would pray and believe that the majority of you in this room have heard about Jesus Christ. If you haven't, then you're going to hear about him today. Amen? Um, and um, what, I, what I sense is, is, and it just goes along with where, where I believe the Lord, Lord's just confirming some things to me this morning as the direction in which I'm going to go here in a little bit. But there, there is a, um, this hope, this hope. In the room this morning, I sensed as we were, we were moving through worship that there's, Maybe there's one, maybe there's a few this morning that's struggling with hope this morning. It's the whole idea. Maybe you came here this morning because you saw the word hope. And, and you don't know it yet, but, but your hope has been deferred and your heart is sick this morning. And the maker of heaven and earth has provided a way to come down and breathe into your spirit man and bring hope back to you. Hope is for you this morning. Hope isn't just for the worship team. Hope isn't just for Brandon. Hope isn't just for me and my family. Hope is for you this morning. And see, the word declares that we should have a confident hope, that there is a confident, even when you don't feel like you should. Have you ever had this, um, you know, it's kind of like um, you, you're, you're supposed to be uh, confident, but you don't know that you're really confident because you don't know if you got the goods to back it up kind of thing. You ever had that, you know? It's like uh, yeah, somebody asks you to play a sport, you know, like me. They'll ask me to play football, and they think, man, this boy right here, he must play some football. Well, the pressure's on at that point, and I'm like, oh, I got to perform, you know? Uh, you hear this morning, he's a man of God, uh, you know, blah, 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 and then I'm over here going, boy, the pressure's on this morning, you know? There's no pressure on me whatsoever. The heat's on God, Amen. Oh, come on now. When you're in a situation, and maybe it is your finances, maybe it is your children, maybe it is a relationship, maybe it is your work circumstance. I don't know what it is for you, but maybe there's something there that, that, that you're potentially struggling with. Watch this. There's no pressure on you if you're doing what God's required of you. 
There is no pressure on you this morning. So what I'm saying to you is maybe your kids are a little bit crazy, but guess what? God's got it under control. Maybe your finances are out of hand, but if you're, if you're obedient this morning and submitted to what God desires of you, then there is no problem this morning with your finances. I'm telling you, God will come through and turn situations around in a nanosecond. So your situation might look grievous this morning to you. Your situation might look like it's dead this morning. But the fact is, is God says that there is a limitless reservoir reserved for you in the heavenlies that no one can take from you. That word heaven literally means a limitless reservoir. You should have a confident hope because you will never run out of resources for you in your life. You should have an expectancy when you come against the greatest enemy that you've ever seen, that God will show up in the midst of it. I'm reminded of David when he was on the battlefield and he was fighting against Ishbi Banab. That's a word right there. He was fighting against, he says that in his latter day, the last battle we ever fought, he comes running down the battlefield to face the last giant. And when he stood in front of him, it says that he grew weary and tired and that he couldn't even lift his sword to fight this giant. It says, but there was a man named Abishai that had been with David all of his days. And he says that when David fell short, Abishai stepped up and slew the last giant that David faced. Watch this. Even when you don't have it, somebody else around you does. Stop acting like you ain't got it. You got it. You better get on out of here. You got it this morning. Stop acting like you don't got it. Stop letting the enemy tell you you don't have it this morning. You've got it. Everybody say confident hope. Say it again, confident hope. Oh, God, we're expecting you to show up in our situations. God, we didn't come here this morning out of some, some mistake or some accident, God. Some of the things we're going through today, God, it's not by accident. God, you have divinely set this up. So, God, we have this confident hope this morning that you're going to come through in our situations. God, I thank you that you're never late, God. Lord, sometimes I wish you'd be a little bit early, but you're never late, you always show up on time. Hallelujah. I keep hearing due season. God's saying for some of you this morning that you've been laboring much, but there's a due season. There's a due season. There's a due season. As Brandon said earlier, that there, when you're going through those moments in that process of trying to receive, when you're trying to receive, and you're going through the process, and you think God's not showing up, all God's trying to do is strengthen you in the midst of this. So you don't know who you are when you're on the mountaintop. You know who you are when you're in the valley and you're looking at that mountain. Some of you, you're in the valley because God is desiring that you know who you are to him. Due season, due season, due season. Don't lose hope. Keep expecting, expecting, expecting. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap. Come on, let's don't do it halfway. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Woo. All right, man, that's some good stuff right there, brother. What do you think? That's good, ain't it, man? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I get fired up. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm Kevin McBride, and um, I am excited to be in this house this morning, excited and honored. Um, Pastors uh, Casey and Lindsey Doss are tremendous friends of mine and my family and many of you that have I've been here before. Um, they have been with us in some of our darkest moments. And uh, so God has 
just divinely knit us together in many different ways. And uh, so we're just, uh, we're honored to be here and serve. We were here yesterday and <clears throat> helped serve under the bridge um, and just a tremendous team. Uh, Pastor Casey asked me, he said, what do you think? I said, man, I'm telling you, I love your team, brother. Uh, it, you, don't, you don't always have, uh, have that cohesiveness of, of teams. And when you see that cohesiveness and that traction, then what you understand is that you've got something very powerful. And uh, so this house has something very powerful in it. And um, I sense this morning, I'll just give you this real quick. I'm just, is it all right if I'm, I'm just dropping? He told me just go ahead. So um, <clears throat> I sense this morning that uh, th this house is pregnant. There's a, there's a, I, I know that there are some of you ladies in here that are pregnant, but I believe that, you know, y'all can say it's uh, crazy or whatever, but I believe that it is a spiritual manifestation in the natural as to what's happening in the spirit realm in this house. I believe that when I say you're pregnant, I believe that God is birthing things out of this house. I believe that God, I know there's a heart and there's a desire to birth campuses, and I believe that's going to happen, but I believe that in the process, there are other things that are going to be birthed out of here. I believe there are going to be worship leaders that are going to be birthed out of here. I believe that there's going to be pastors that are birthed out of here. I believe that there's all kinds of, of discipleship mechanisms that will be birthed out of here. Uh, so, so I just encourage you this morning. And uh, just want to give that to you, but uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't say, man, that I am honored to have my whole family here this morning. Amen. My beautiful wife and my kids are here, and uh, we don't usually we don't always get the opportunity to do this. So um, my my two girls came in last night, kind of late, and uh, we were able to get dinner out here in Knoxville. Um, we got about two restaurants in Hamilton, and uh, one of them closes at seven. No, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. These guys that are from Hamilton, they're like, you ain't kidding. Um, we're about down to about one restaurant, and that's Los Amigos. And uh, so we'll, we'll, if this goes online, we'll send them a bill. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, we're, we're uh, honored to be here this morning and just uh, thank the Lord for each and every one of you. And uh, I'm honored to be able to speak into your life this morning. You know, it's, it's, a, um, it, it's a great deal of, um, it's, 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 a, it's weight, uh, if you will, but it's not, uh, as I said, it's God, uh, but it is a great deal of weight um, to be obedient to the Lord because the reality is, as we have uh, on Sunday mornings, particularly in this house, you've got about an hour and a half. And uh, so uh, when, when you're ministering, you've probably got about maybe 35 minutes or so, 35, 40 minutes, and the worship team's got uh, their slot and their time. And even, I love it that, uh, I love a house that will flow right on through offering and announcements. You feel like you're getting preached to the whole time. <clears throat> and I, I love that. Um, but the reality is, is that, th that anyone that comes up here <clears throat> has an hour and a half uh, to say something so profound that it changes your life. Think about that for a minute. You got about an hour and a half uh, total if you're here. You probably got about two hours if you add in the greeting and you add in uh, the reception and, and all of those different opportunities, probably about two hours for something to be said or done in your life that changes your direction this morning. That's a lofty goal. Amen. I've been trying for 42 years and there are areas of my life that haven't changed yet. Uh, but uh, man, glory to God. He, he'll push me. He'll force me. He'll love me. He'll do whatever he's got to do to get me in to go the direction that uh, that God requires me to go in. Uh, but but here's the thing: without God, without Holy Spirit in here this morning, we're just uh, making a bunch of noise. Amen. You agree? 
All right. I, I, I like talk back, if y'all don't know that, but I'm, I'll keep on prompting you. Um, <clears throat> but uh, that you, um, you this morning have a part to play when you come in. Whenever you come in, I, I heard several times uh, from, from many of you that I was walk, as I walked in uh, this morning about uh, bring the word, uh, bring the fire, uh, man, tear the house down. Uh, you know, all these things. And boy, I love that, man, because that what that tells me when I keep hearing those things, man, is I'm like, that means I just got liberty in here. I love to knock these lights off the wall for so with, uh, you know, but uh, what that mean, what that means is there, what that tells me is it tells me more about you than what it tells me about me. What that tells me is that you have a heart of expectancy, that God is going to do something that's going to radically shift us into a direction that he wants us to go in. It's not just, hey, I'd appreciate if you just bring a couple words to me this morning so I can feel all encouraged and fuzzy and wrapped in bubble wrap when I walk out of here in the morning, uh, this morning. But you feel like, God, there is something inside of you that is shifting and shaking and turning and being pulled, and there is something that's happening in you, and there's a desire for more and something greater. Amen? I don't like to go to church and feel fluffed. I like to go to church and feel like I was... I was encouraged to feel like I was loved, but I want to feel like I've been cut on a little bit, and I feel like my flesh is reeling from the fight. Amen? And so that's <clears throat> that's what my desire is, and that's usually probably the way that I come at it in the Word. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me this morning over to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. <clears throat> For those of you that have been in church any amount of time, you've probably heard this uh, passage of Scripture. I'm going to be in, uh, start in verse number 22. Um, and basically, this is a story of Jacob, and uh, Jacob had a crazy life, amen? Came out holding his hairy brother's foot, lied to his daddy, and taped hair all over himself just to get uh, the birthright, and uh, then ended up having to serve a man for 14 years just to marry the one woman that he wanted. He had to marry another one that he didn't want, and uh, man, then he then he tried to get loose from, from his father-in-law, and his father-in-law kept, uh, you know, tried to trick him, and and, uh, man, then he had to do some crazy stuff in order to, to get, uh, you know, what he earned. And, and then he got chased down. I mean, it's just a crazy story. Then he runs back into his brother when he crosses over the river. And, and then his sons end up killing an entire city. And, wow, man, I mean, this guy's just, <clears throat> he's got a story and a half. I thought I had one. You know, mine's like, well, I went to the store the other day to get bread. And I got cut off at the red light, and this guy's like, oh, yeah, well, my son, my two sons, Levi and Simeon, killed an entire city one time, all the men. You're like, oh, wow, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, anyway, Jacob had uh, an, an amazing life, and we can definitely learn a lot from it, but I'm just going to capture this one little piece here uh, this morning because I believe it speaks directly to where we are. But starting in verse 22, I'm going to be reading out of NLT. I know Pastor Casey is a King James guy. And uh, that's good. I'm proud of him. Hallelujah. Um, but uh, I tend to study in uh, all kinds of different versions, but I, I usually read out of the NLT. Um, at least that's what I'm going to do this morning. The scripture says in verse 22, it says, During the night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servants' wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw uh, that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. <clears throat> then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked, and he replied, Jacob. 
Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name, the man replied. And then he blessed Jacob there. And Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. So, amen. So here uh, this morning, I I, I was debating over the title of my message. And uh, the original title that I was going to name it, because I used to love to ride motorcycles all the time, was Shift Happens. But I figured if I got to preaching, and I said that a little too fast, then we might all be in trouble. And I definitely probably wouldn't be coming back to Hope Unlimited in Knoxville. So uh, I decided uh, after, after much prayer, and the Lord really kind of began to hone this down throughout the week, because um, I've been praying about this for a couple weeks now since uh, I knew Pastor Casey had asked me to come and speak. And uh, <clears throat> this, is, this is pretty funny. Uh, the title of my message is called Don't Let Go. Don't Let Go. So we come in this morning. I've put down coffee and water and everything, and me and my son are going to the restroom. We're walking in. Uh, old Elsa singing on the radio, and they're, let it go, let it go. And I was like, hold on, man. She's singing a the, the total opposite. I'm like, so I start asking the Lord, God, are you telling me to let that message go? I mean, <clears throat> what am I doing here? God, did I miss this thing or what? Am I supposed to let it go? You know, <clears throat> but there are things that God wants you to let go, but there's one thing that he doesn't want you to let go of, and that's him. Amen. And so this morning, uh, there are some things in your life that you probably need to let go of. You might need to let go of that coworker uh, uh, treating you like you know what, or you might need to let go of the family members that don't truly understand who you are or what God's purposed and called and destined you to do or the folk that maybe are the naysayers in your life that aren't doing anything good but dragging you down. Maybe there are people in your life that are sucking the joy right out of you. Those the, those things you need to let go of. Maybe there's some mistakes in your past that you've made um, that you're not very happy about, that you're ashamed of. Those are the things that you need to let go of. But I'm telling you this morning, there's something that God desires for you to not let go of, and that's him. Amen. God does not want you to let go of him this morning. God desires for you to hold on to him with everything you have. And if there's one thing that I can say about Jacob that he did well in his life is he didn't let go. When he was born, it says that he came out grasping the heel of his brother. Um, And then he would not let go of that thought that, can you imagine that? They were born probably about two to three seconds apart. If he came out holding or clutching the heel of his brother, he came out, technically they are probably you know, obviously we would say they're twins, they twins, you know, and, and they're, and they're, they're alike and they're, they were born on the same day and all of these things, but it was so technical in, in the way that the birthright was delivered that the first one that actually came out of the womb was considered to be the eldest. But the fact is Jacob and Esau were actually born at the same time. Jacob just didn't have the opportunity to come out first. I don't know whether they wrestled. I don't know whether they drew straws or how they handled that, but that one came out before the other one did. And so Jacob, unfortunately, was considered to be the younger brother. 
And so all of his life, even though he was born the same time, at the same time as his brother, he was still considered to be the youngest. He didn't get the opportunity to be the first. And so in those moments, there was something inside of him that he knew that there, was, there were things that were inside of him that were greater than what he had seen. They were greater than what he had been labeled. I'm telling you this morning, there are some of you that because of situations and circumstances in your life, maybe the way you were born or the may, maybe the way you grew up or maybe your different situations that you've gone through and people look at you and they say, oh, ain't, you know, it's, it, when they say bless him, you know what that means. It's just kind of like, oh, poor thing, you know. But this morning, what I'm saying is that maybe you have a label on you that people look at you and they label you by that. Maybe they're saying you're not first and you'll never be first. But I'm telling you that God says there's something greater inside of you than what people understand. Amen. And so <clears throat> this morning, what I want you to know is it doesn't matter what, because I can tell you that we can take a consensus of the circles and the places that I've been, and I can guarantee you one thing, that you will probably get some pretty nasty letters about me. Y'all are like, oh, Lord, and he's holding a microphone. You know they'd be talking about you too, so just go on, don't worry about it. Don't act pretty up in here. We all got people that are haters that don't like us, and <clears throat> they wish you'd fall off the face of the earth, and they hope they don't never hear from you again or see your face, and, and you know, oh, come on, man. All right. But anyway, Jacob had this this uh, this kind of thing on him, man. So watch this. So so he he steals the birthright because his mom urges him to do that, <clears throat> and here he is dressed in a man's clothes that aren't his. Here he is with goat's hair uh, taped all over him so that he can so that he can feel like someone else. But when he speaks, the father says, "Is that you, Jacob? Because you don't sound like Esau." What I'd say to that to some of you this morning is that I can all that there are, there are some of you in the room, maybe, just maybe, maybe you're trying to wear somebody else's clothes. Maybe because you've admired someone so much, you feel like you need to be like them, but the reality is, is that's not really who you are. See, because I've walked that walk and I've been down that road and I got the t-shirt. What that t-shirt ends you up with or what leaves you with is a place of unfulfillment. It leaves you dissatisfied with life. It will put you into a state of depression and disillusion about who you really are. And I lived that life, I lived that life for many years. I would look up to people that I admired, that I thought were, were great, and they never told me, hey, be me. But what I tended to do, because I didn't understand who I was, and I didn't understand the identity and the purpose in which God gave to me, I would tend to be like them. I would want to talk like them. I would want to act like them. I would want to dress like them. I would want to do all the things that they would do. I would even have their mannerisms. I would do all those things because I desired to be like them because I saw success when I looked at them. But what God was saying all the while inside of my spirit, man, was, Kevin, you know what? They're great, and they're doing really good, and they're grace to do what they're doing. But the fact is, is that's not you. That's not why I created you. That's not your purpose. That's not the direction you'll go in. That is not the way that you will go. But I continue to go that route, and what happens is emptiness sets in, disillusion sets in, and then the next thing that happens, you find yourself in a place of disobedience, and then God pulls the sham or the covers off of you, and then you wonder, why am I in this place? Why do I find myself here? And the reason why is because God loves you so much, he would let you fall into something that would bring shame to your life just so you can decide discover the destiny of who it is that God created you to be. Come on, I'm talking to somebody in here this morning. You need to take off the camel's hair. You need to take off somebody else's clothes. You need to ask God, who is it that you created me to be? Who am I, God? The world needs you. The earth needs you. They need you to be who God created you to be, not who God created someone else to be. 
You can't live vicariously through someone else and live in the kingdom of God. You've got to be the person that God created you to be. And so we get to this place here where Jacob, I'm moving quickly. We get to this place here where Jacob knows that he's going to come into a confrontation with his brother. And so it says here that in, in the scripture prior that he took some servants and he sent them and then he sent another detachment ahead and then he got to this place where he sent all of his kids and his wives and maid servants and everything and he and it says that he carried them across the Jabbok River he carried them across the ford the Jabbok ford and he takes them over there and then he sends them on he gives all of them something to say when they see his brother and they all have this rehearsed line of what it is they're going to say and then it says that Jacob comes back across the Jabbok ford and it says that he sleeps there at night or he's going to sleep there at night when he comes back, well, we assume he was going to sleep there at night. Here's what I'm wondering about Jacob. Why did Jacob come back? Why did Jacob come back across the river and everybody else went on? Could it be that he wanted to spend that time with God, or could it be that Jacob was going to do the thing that he'd always done in his life and run? Could it be that he was going to send his entire family and all of his belongings forward, and he was going to run from it? And I don't know why this angel showed up in the middle of the night and began to wrestle with Jacob other than the thought that maybe Jacob was running and God arrested him. And so here we see that it says that Jacob wrestled. Watch, the beauty of this is this. Okay, Jacob means, I'm I'm sorry, Jabok means to empty itself. This is a place where the, the river would literally empty itself. These streams gathered together and they would empty themselves right there. And so the Jabok River right there, that word Jabok means empty itself. Isn't it amazing that Jacob was at a place where he was about to empty himself and he didn't realize it? Jacob emptied himself of all comforts and all material and he sent them on ahead to be basically given to his brother as a peace offering. And so he releases everything. Isn't it amazing to is it amazing to you that when you're in the process of some of the greatest chaos and turmoil in your life that it doesn't matter how comfortable you are, you'll give it up if you can just just get through the process. And so here we see that that Jacob is in this process, and so he empties his material things, he empties the comfort, he gets rid of all of that, and then it says that a man came and wrestled with him. And when the man came to wrestle with him, it says it wrestled with him. And I hear people say oftentimes that, that Jacob won. And yes, the scripture does say that the man saw that the light was coming and that he could not prevail, that he did not prevail, that Jacob would not let him go. And so then he turns and and blesses Jacob or wrenches his hip out of socket. So here's here's the thing that I want you to, to hear this morning. The fact that Jacob had gotten one thing right in his life, he wouldn't let go when he, when he came out of the womb. He wouldn't let go when he wanted the woman that, that he knew that God had ordained for him. He wouldn't let go when he knew that God had told him to go to a certain place. He would not let go. And so there's this one thing about Jacob is he would not let go. What I'm asking this morning is what have you let go of? What have you let go of? What are the dreams that you've let go of? What are the promises that you've let go of? What are the things that you've let go of this morning that God had never intended you to let go of? But you let go of them because there's pressure on your life or there are things on your life that are coming at you faster than you know, can understand. And so you say, you know what, I'll let this go and I'll, I'll let that go because I've got to get here and there. And maybe you let go of something this morning. Maybe you find yourself somewhere and you let so, go of something five years ago. Maybe you let go of something five weeks ago. Maybe you let go of something 20 years ago and God's telling you, why did you let that thing go? And he's wrestling with you and he won't let you go on and he won't let you move forward because he wants to bless you. 
I don't believe that God ever intended to defeat Jacob that night. The intent was not to defeat Jacob. The intent was to bless Jacob there. And so there are some of you that you're in your process and you're wrestling with God and all God wants to do is bless you. All God wants to do today is bless you. He's not trying to defeat you. He's not trying to crush you. He's not trying to break you per se in your spirit, man. What he's trying to do is he's trying to bless you. But he's wanting to know, do you have the strength to hold on? So Jacob means uh, deceived or deceiver. We know that. I, I, there's some tra- uh, translations of that. It means worm of a man. Wow, that's real deep. Worm of a man. And then the second part of that is that he was named Israel. So it says, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. He says, your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will now be Israel, which means one who has wrestled with God and man and prevailed. The, the, oh, the beauty of that is, is that we have the opportunity. What, what, what do we do as Christians? As Christians, this is what we do. This is where we are. Watch this. Your responsibility as a believer is to contend with God. Contend with God every day. Every day you're contending with God. What are you contending for? I'm contending for his presence. I'm contending with the reality of who he is. I'm contending with the reality of who I am. This is a beautiful thing about God is when I wrestle with him because I want to know more about God, I realize that God is so smooth. He teaches me more about myself when I'm wrestling with him than he does about me. I begin to realize more and more that God intended for me to be a certain way and God intended for me to be a certain person and God intended for me to do certain things and God intended for me or gave me a gift. God gave me a calling. God placed a mantle on my life. I began to realize all of these things when I'm wrestling with him. So here's the thing. When you come to find God, you really begin to find yourself. We pray for wisdom and revelation often. The scripture tells us to pray for, uh, for wisdom and res- revelation or spiritual knowledge and understanding. You know what that is? That is not the knowledge of God. The translation means that that is a knowledge of who you are to God and who God is to you. So what happens is you want to you deepen your revelation, you start praying to God and seeking him out, and then he begins to reveal to you who you are. Because when you begin to get revealed to who you are, you begin to understand this, that you have an inheritance. You begin to understand that you are an heir to the throne room of God. You have all of the spiritual blessings in heaven afforded to you. There is nothing lacking and nothing, nothing missing in your life. That you, listen, you have, God intends for us to have the power and the authority in our life to walk and trample upon serpents, upon death, upon all of these different things. That's not just some cliche statement. That is a fact, Jack. You, you have what it takes inside of you. We, we always ask for God to come upon us when the fact is God is in us. Everything that you need is inside of you. This, this wrestling that Jacob had going on was, was not that God came down and divinely put a new name on him. What God did in the wrestling was help Jacob to understand who he really is. What God was saying was, Jacob, you everybody calls you Jacob, and you've always been second best, and you've never gotten what it is that you truly desire or that you feel that is inside of you that needs to be needs to come out or manifest. Nobody ever sends, seems, seems to see that. He says, and so everybody calls you Jacob, but what I'm telling you is, is you've been misnamed. You've been mislabeled. Your name is really Israel. You've 
wrestled with man and you've wrestled with God and you have prevailed. And so today what I'm telling you is that God desires for you to contend with him. Why? Because maybe you have a name that's not your name. Maybe you've got a name inside of you that God is saying needs to come out because when that comes out, nations are born. When that comes out, churches are birthed. When that comes out, people's lives are changed. Amen? You don't mind giving away when you know what's inside of you. Why do we struggle with offering? We struggle with offering because we're looking at our bank account. You're not looking at what's inside of you. God says he's afforded everything to you. And so the fact is, is if I sit here and give according to my bank account, I probably wouldn't have put anything in the bucket this morning. But the fact is, is I know who I am in God. And I know the blessings that God says he has for me. I know the inheritance and the authority and the power and all the things that are afforded to me because of who I am in him. Not because of who I am, but because of who I am in him. And so I can give according to that and not according to what I see with my eyes. So this morning, what I encourage you with, and I know my time is getting short here, but what I encourage you with this morning is I'm telling you that God wants you to wrestle with him. I read a statement or heard a statement the other day. It said this. It says that the true character of a man is determined by how much truth he can face in his life. Your true character is determined when you begin to understand the truth about who you are. Some of you are frustrated because you're not who you feel like God's called or created you to be. I have those frustrations. But a lot of that is because I refuse to look at the truth. I refuse to see the truth. I refuse to see who I truly am in him, not because I'm literally going, you know what, God, I don't want to know. I can guarantee there's not one person in here if I told you that God that God's here today and he wants to tell you everything about yourself and he wants to know exactly who you are and why you're here. I can guarantee there is probably not one person in this room, if we're honest with ourselves, we would get up and walk out. We wouldn't. We would be like, okay, I want to know. I've been wanting to know all my life. I've been wanting to know who I am. Why am I here? Why did I end up in Knoxville? Why am I, what's going on? What I'm telling you is, is God has that for you today. He has that for you today. And the more that you wrestle with him, the more he's going to release to you. The more you contend for his presence. Listen, power and authority is great, but you know what's greater? The intimacy that you have with the Father. The love and the relationship you have with him supersedes all of that. What we tend to do in the kingdom is we tend in the, to, to hear as Christians that we have kingdom authority and kingdom power and inheritance and all those buzzwords that we hear. But what we tend to do is we tend to go after power and authority and we forget the presence. We just want a quick, hey, teach me how to get that power and authority so that I can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Teach me how uh, to raise the dead. Teach me how to cast out demons. Teach me how to heal the leper. We tend to want all of those things. Watch this. But all God wants is the presence. He wants your relationship. That's what he wants. So he'll give you those things. as you're, Don't prostitute God. I heard a message the other day. Don't prostitute God, okay? Prostitute means that you pay for, some, for a professional uh, act Okay, and so that's what we tend to do with God. God will do whatever you want us to do just as long as you give us what we want. But what God says is, I, if you just come and just, just be with me, come and be in my presence, come and have intimacy with me, come and, and into me you see, come and see me, come and know me, and watch, the rest of that stuff just flows off of you. It's just a manifestation of the relationship that you have with the Father. So if you're looking for those, thing, those things, what I'm telling you is, is look for the love and the intimacy and the relationship with the Father, and the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. Amen? Amen. So here's, here's what I believe, and I'm, I'm shutting down here. 
Here's what I believe. I believe, number one, what I heard, here, here's what, we're in a season of shifting. That's the reason why I was going to title it Shift Happens, because we're in a, the, the body of Christ is in a transitionary season, not just this house. You probably have sent some shifting going on in your life, and, and we are in a season of shifting and transition in the body of Christ. But here, here's, here's what I originally thought. When, when I first sensed that, I felt like God was saying, you're in a season of shifting primarily because there's a greater level of power and authority that's going to be released to the body of Christ, and I believe that. I believe there's a greater dispensation of God's glory that's coming to the body of Christ in the next couple months uh, in this window of time here. I believe it's no accident that this house is transitioning out of this place into another. I believe it's a divine setup. It's a moment that God is, has moved you in. You will look back upon this time and say, man, I saw God right in the midst of that. Amen? And so, so there, but here, here's the thing. I thought that that's what it was, but, but as I continue to pray, God began to reveal to me. He says, no, I just want a greater level of intimacy with you in this season. God wants me, you know, for us guys, we like to wrestle. My son, man, came up the other day. I was uh, at the table. <clears throat> he came up and put me in a headlock, and I just acted like it was all cool, but I thought he was going to take me down on the floor. You know, and, and his mom's over there. Don't you do that to your daddy. You're going to break his neck, you know. But us guys, we like to wrestle. And what I'm telling you as a man is that God wants you to wrestle with him a little bit. God wants you to contend with him. If you're a woman in this room, God wants to playfully enjoy the presence with you. He wants to playfully enjoy the presence with you. He wants to get some time with you and enjoy that time. So what I'm telling you now is that in this season, God wants you to contend for his presence because he wants to reveal truth to you, not just truth in the word, but truth about who you are. No man cometh through the Father but by me is what Jesus said. And so I believe that's John chapter 4. Yeah, I believe it's. So no man comes to the Father but by me. And so you have to come through Jesus, the truth. And so when the truth is revealed to you, this is what I believe that in this season, God's going to unlock things in your life. I believe that God's desiring to unlock things in your life this morning. I believe that God is desiring to unlock things that you have contended for. Listen, I wish I could go here. When God reveals things to you, it's because you have prepared a place for them to be revealed. Jesus says, I will not pour old new wine into old wineskin because the wineskin will burst. Watch this. There, are, there is fresh revelation that God desires to give to you, but you've got to structure your life in such a way that he can release it to you. There's some of you God's desiring to release fresh revelation and understanding about who you are, but you've got to set aside time and set up a structure in your life so that God can release himself in it. Watch this. God created a structure for man in Genesis in the garden so that man could walk in the power and the authority and the relationship in which God intended him to walk in. If your life is chaotic and you have no structure and you have no set boundaries in your life, then the fact is is that you'll be like Jacob, finding yourself wrestling at a river and you don't know why today God desires for you to pour yourself out in the river the river of God so that you can pick up who you are amen you all right okay I know I just shotgunned you hallelujah can we all stand just sent somewhere to go here we've got some some prayer partners prayer team over here I'm going to pray over you this morning. And as I pray over you this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to release you to, 
for prayer this morning, but we're going to sing. We'll talk about fighting battles this morning. Amen. So we're going to we're going to sing over you this morning and pray that you would and in, 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 you know get into that with us. If you don't hear anything from me, hear this. There's a, there's a season has shifted. I identified it several months ago at the ramp. It's a suddenly season. It has shifted. In other words, things you prayed for and sought after, there's a shift. I released that word, and the next Sunday, the past, somebody came and said, I just got a brand new vehicle bought for me. I went, praise the Lord, hallelujah. So there is a shifting season that's taking place. What I'm telling you is a season of suddenlies, but you've got to entertain God. You got When I say entertain, you've got to come into his presence and linger there, amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, we just come to you this morning. And God, we recognize that there has been a shift in the season. And Lord, I've heard distinctly, even through the, 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 the prayer, uh, through the worship, through everything this morning, you're saying, hold on. Don't let go. Hold on through the system, uh, through the through through this season. Hold on through this time. Hold on as 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 you as we walk through these days of our lives, God. Hold on as we walk through the valley, God. So I know that you're you're moving us in a direction this morning, God. Maybe we can't fully see or we don't fully understand, God. But Lord, it's not for us to fully see, God. You see it fully, and Lord, we need to understand what you need us to understand. So this morning, I pray, Father, that in this room, if there's anyone that's that's thinking about letting go, letting go of life, letting go of hope, letting go of things in their life maybe they've held on to, God, if there's anyone here, Lord, that is has let go and they've recognized it and you see it, God, Lord, you are redeeming, God. You're a God of redemption. You will bring it back. So, Lord, God, if you've brought it to their mind, brought it to their remembrance, brought it to their heart, Lord, it's because you desire to give it back to them, Lord. It wasn't stolen. It wasn't taken. Maybe, God, it was. I don't know. But, Lord, you are giving it back. And so, Lord, we just today just release that word. And God, I just declare over each and every one, Lord, in this season, there are things that are being unlocked. There is a greater measure of your glory. Lord, there's a greater measure of intimacy. There's a greater measure of revelation and wisdom, Lord, that you're releasing to your body, that you're releasing to us individually today. And so, Lord, we just love you and we praise you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, they're going to sing. If you need prayer this morning, we've got a prayer team over here to pray with you. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, today is the day, baby. Come on and get some. Come over there to the prayer team. They'll pray with you and they'll walk you through. But I'm telling you, it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made in your life this morning. So we just give that to you this morning and we'll release this to the worship team. Thank you again for giving me the honor to be here. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.